Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. John and Jane join the HOA. Written by no proof I'm not a bot. Laria was not going to enjoy this. Granted, she never enjoyed briefing the counselors on a new species. They tended to assume that she knew everything about the new race already, and asked questions that she could not possibly have the answer to. For the humans, however, she had answers. They were just very, very odd ones. After reading the minutes, the discussion on another frontier power, they opted to avoid action. No surprise there. And a self-congratulatory trade report, the counselors stood ready to hear the new species. Apparently, they were the subject of academic curiosity. A welcome change from the usual doomed racers. Esteemed counselors, Lara began as she suppressed her sarcasm. This was a formal beginning of every new pieces of business, and it was obvious that they enjoyed hearing her say it. We have received several messages from a lone ship in the sector of space. As she spoke, a stellar map appeared in the center of the round hall. A point and seemingly empty space was marked with a brightly colored red arrow. Internally, Laria began to panic. She had also forgotten to change the human's markers. It bears two creatures of species human. Above the map, two images of humans appeared. They were dressed in simple jumpsuits, standing at attention with a bearing their teeth. Their expressions are one of happiness. Laria quickly explained why had they chosen to smile. She had specifically requested they act naturally. They are originally from the star from the planet called Earth. Another obnoxious arrow, this time pointing at a star from the next galaxy arm over. Laria briefly paused to compose herself. This was not her usual presentation style, and she feared the council thought her foolish. Their destination is this star, currently outside the UGC borders. She waited for a third marker to appear. Her embarrassment was growing, and she only hoped that it was not yet visible. Is this how the humans always felt? They wished to colonize a planet orbiting it. A detailed map of the system in question appeared, with the planet in question enclosed in a red circle. Luria paused. They weren't even consistent. Why weren't they consistent? It is the expert opinion of Xenology Department that these creatures mean us no harm. I would like some clarification, stated one of the Moxidian counselors. Two of the eye stalks were on the star charts while the rest turned to Laria. These creatures traveled across the emptiness of space to colonize a third-tier planet. Did the Empire run out of room on their arm? The Xenologists felt her antennae flattened slightly against her head. She had planned out many questions that the Council may ask, and all the answers she could give them were almost nonsensical. 
Earth, their planet, was the only planet that housed humans from the star charts that they have sent over. It would appear that a majority of the planets in their sector were fifth tier or lower, far beyond their capability to develop. Two other counselors signaled that they wanted the floor. After deliberation, the Moxillion continued. They are not from an empire. One of the signals ceased. From what they have told me, this is their race's first attempt to colonize another planet. Three signals now, while the counselors discussed amongst each other. Laria felt a strange emotion begin to rise. It felt like embarrassment, but somehow less uncomfortable. Shouldn't she be worried about what the counselors would think of her? How many humans are they bringing? The Rizali counselor asked. We cannot simply abandon millions to the fate of the frontier. Her ears were perked up, her kind always wishing to help others. A vestigial, packed nature, Laria was told. Their ship carries two of them. Although they have the capability to create more of themselves, they estimate 50 humans will form the first colony. As she said this, she found herself standing taller, her lower arms coming away from her sides. She's not lying. Why would she be ashamed? It's the truth's fault for being unbelievable. What? The Rizali's eyes widened, both at the answer given at the Nohon outburst. She hastily gave the floor up, and a small debate arose as to who would speak next. While the eyes of the council were off of her, Laria allowed her antennae to twitch in amusement. She had never seen them so flustered. Sure, the Rizali are prone to emotional outbursts, but that was the first time anyone had given so a reflective a reaction. She began to relish in this new feeling. The floor was taken by Counselor from Oris, a slow-acting but wise man who never spared more words than necessary. Laria had always liked him. His questions were never unnecessary. Was! Ah, he had picked up on that. Yes, I referred to the whole world in the past tense. Two hundred cycles ago, we registered a strong burst of radiation from their system, suggesting nuclear annihilation. When I asked them about it, they stated, and I quote, That sounds about right. And she did not need to quote them exactly, but decorum had already almost broken down. Despite herself, she began to see this as fun. They were attacked. The Moxidian asked, breaching politeness in his haste, but you said that there were no habitable planets on their arm. Lyria looked briefly at the Rorossi counselor. He seemed vaguely abused at this as well. That is correct. The most likely explanation is that they blew themselves up. Why was she enjoying this? She was talking about mass extinction. She should be horrified, mournful, any amount of negative emotions. Instead, she saw the counselor scramble to form a response. It was all she could do not to laugh. There is another matter I would like to bring to the floor. Laria brought up a diplomatic form, filled out neatly and in triplicate, and broadcast in the council's computers. They have expressed interest in joining the UGC. The entire council signaled that they wanted the floor. Jane answered the video request expecting another chat with the xenologist. Last time she had asked Lariah for a primer on the common UGC languages so that she and John could speak in the native tongues, or proboscis as it were. When the feed connected and revealed that she was guest was the entire council, she wished that she had asked earlier. Oh, this is a surprise. I'm Jane and there are John's outside fixing the hull. 
Apparently, the empty space has more rocks in it than we thought. Are you the council? She tried to meet everyone's eyes at once and found it difficult. The council, as a whole, paused. They were fairly certain that there should be one speaking first. Eventually, one of them began reading a prepared greeting. Greetings, prospective members of the Unified Galactic Council. You stand before the members of the ruling council and shall be judged of your willingness to join our society. Have you, the creature that chose to speak paused, moving more of its eye stalks to the datapad, have you notified your rulers of this meeting? Jane furrowed her brow. Oh, did Larry not tell you? We have no ability to contact our homeworld, and we're pretty sure they're all dead. In a small corner of one of the feeds, Lariya could be seen, antennae beginning to twitch. I see. I suppose we can consider them to have no objections. The speaker's eye stalks began to droop. Such a monumental decision cannot be undertaken without the full consent of your... After a pause, the counselor muttered something to somebody off camera. He did not appear to like the answer he got. Of your species, have they all consented to join us? Uh, hold on, Jane began typing. A second screen appeared in front of the counselors to show a figure clad in airtight suit. The floating near the exterior of the ship, idly throwing scraps of metal at a small asteroid floating close to him. John, how's it going? All right, the damage was mostly cosmetic. What's up? John went to rein in some of the rocks floating too far from the ship. The council's on the phone. They want to know if our entire species is on board with joining. Immediately, John stopped grabbing the rocks. What? Right now? They can see me. We can, in fact, see you, human John. In the background, Lariya had taken up physically holding her antennae down. Oh, uh, our entire species is basically just the two of us, so I? I, Jane followed. So the vote passes. Wait. John piped up. There are seven other ships. Oh, um, they take about 700 years to contact, seeing as they're in other parts of the galaxy. Do those count? The council turned to Lariah. She shook her head. I suppose not. If you're all united in this decision, we must judge your intent. Has your species abandoned war for selfish reasons? No, no, I can't say that we have. John said, entering the ship. We did blow ourselves up. However, we would not cause trouble to you in the face of such a power discrepancy. Lariya was finding it difficult to remain standing. Some of the other counselors were staring at her in shock. How could she find this humorous? I appreciate your honesty. Has your species abandoned deceit in all forms? No, um, lying can be useful. Oh, but we haven't lied to you guys. I only lied to John. Jane helpfully stated. John, making it back to the cop, glared at her. I see. Has your species abandoned all desires to claim territory at the expense of others? That really depends on the others, John said. Jane seemed to agree. Very well. In this case, the council will now vote on accepting you. Most votes came in quickly, and most votes would no. A few, however, waited. I have a question for the humans, asked one of the other counselors. Jane and John recognized this as a Zudian, one of Lariah's race. Your answers are casual, yet you must know that they would not present your kind favorably. Why answer so? For once, the humans did not answer immediately. Jane and John looked at each other, then around the ship. 
We've been in this ship for 20 years. We were born here, made our machines in the back. We only know what we were told, and we were told of humanity. What we did, what we wanted back before the ship was launched. Our personalities were chosen and crafted to be better suited for exploring the galaxy. To spreading humanity. This is who we are. Who we were hundreds and hundreds of years ago. We could have lied to you. We could have rewritten our minds to make us better. But that wouldn't be who we are. We, or better, or worse, are humans. And humanity wanted to meet you. A powerful silence well over the conference. Not a pause. Not waiting to speak. But a silence. Humanity, as it happened, did join the council. And they had a role best suited for humanity. Hello, I'm John, and this is Jane, and we're frontier liaisons for the UGC. Our race has settled on a planet not far from here, and we wanted to introduce ourselves. Do you have any fuel? We can't actually leave orbit of your planet. Hello, John, and Jane, frontier liaisons for the UGC. I'm Kruger, and this is my crew. We'll be taking your ship. Okay, then. Do you have escape pods? We don't want to kill all of you. End of story. Story number two. Weapons of the past, written by a guy called DC. An EMP knocked out the electronics aboard the siren song, and the secondary generator core only produced enough power to keep life support running. It would take around half an hour for him to get the rest of the ship's systems up and running. Captain Rahat had identified his attacker as a small fridge pirate vessel before the blast at Friday's senses. A slight vibration on the deck plates beneath his feet told Rahat that the pirate vessel had attached itself to the vessel. Rahat took a seat in the empty co-pilot's chair and calmly swiveled around to watch the door of the cockpit and wait for the pirates to board his small, crippled ship. A handful of minutes he heard an approach of a pair of the fitchk They moved with the confidence of an attacker that knows that the prey is defenseless, and so the pair loomed in the doorway of the cockpit, hard light blades drawn, but with an edge of carelessness that showed Rahat that they were not expecting much resistance. All right, the larger of the two piped up. Here's how this is going to work. Come quiet. We take your ship, we let you live, and ransom you off to whoever was willing to pay. Resist and it trailed off and brandished its blade. Rahat stood up. Do you have any idea whose ship you're attacking? My name is Captain Rahat, and you're making the worst mistake of your lives. Sit down, human, the larger Fitchkick stammered, flustering to show his bravado. You presume to give me orders aboard my own ship. He demanded to know, pulling his sidearm from his holster on his hip and aiming at the head of the leader in one practiced fluid motion. The smaller Fitchick let out a chuckle. You forget that little EMP blast you took him and that paperweight won't do you any good. If this was a las pistol, you would be correct, my friend. But what I have here in my hand are 357 reasons why you are wrong. Meet my friends, Smith and Wesson. Hammer struck primer and chemical explosion that no EMP could stop. Powder copper jacketed lead down the barrel with a crack of thunder. The bullets tall skin, shattered bone and splattered brain. Rahat drained the gun on the second fritchet and lazily squeezed the trigger. 
After tossing the corpses out the airlock, he made the necessary repairs to his ship's systems, and with the pirate captain, Rahat went on his way. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode. And I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.